everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Skeptically Inclined Science Podcast. We're on episode 33. Uh, I'm your co-host Evan. And I'm Tom. And today's episode, uh, I'm going to talk about a, a new story that happened. Uh, Facebook took on um, a very uh, well-established and reputable uh, medical journal, uh, the British Medical Journal. Uh, and in a, in a kind of um, censorship debate. So I'm going to go into the story, what happened, and again, what would the implications be perhaps for the future of um, publishing information on Facebook and other social media platforms. So I think it'd be interesting. Very uh, relevant subject. Right yeah, now. exactly. Uh, and then, Tom, what what, uh, what were you just yes. wanted to have mentioned today? So I just very quickly mentioned I I came across I came across the news about new uh, diagnostic test for detecting lung cancer and I thought that was interesting coming off the story of um, Elizabeth Holmes that I think you talked about uh, in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, is there anything you wanted to briefly discuss before you get into your your news? Just trying to think if something exciting happened last mm. week, but. No, I don't. I yeah. just wanted to mention actually because I was at the cinema, uh, there on Friday and it, with the ads, and I think it was um, it was going around and read at this ad with Matt Damon in it, and it came About up on crypto. the the crypto dot com, and it's like <laughs> the stupidest ad I've ever <laughs> seen ever. Um, like if it anyone wants dumb. to look it up, please just look crypto dot com ad with Matt Damon. And I, uh, it was, it's just like it. You you go into the ad and it's just like he talks about all these great things humans have done, like crossing the Atlantic to go to the New World and going into space uh, exploration. And then it shows a picture of Mars and it's like we're on the next frontier. And then it's like crypto dot com. I was like, what? <laughs> how <laughs> do they how do they link these two? <laughs> yeah. it's it's so stupid. I I just like what like they they're making crypto seem like it's some new uh exciting technology that's going to change the world i'm like no it's just another gambling yeah <laughs> a gambling do you, game. Th- do you see it as a gambling well maybe not crypto but i do think with the nfts um yeah i think that is gambling because it's just like you're buying something that hope that it goes up in price and selling it like it's just and an investment it's not like they're they're just investments to like to way to store money so then you can like resell if you need to it's like that's the whole point i think and i also heard that you can like you yourself can artificially bring up the price of your own nft just by like putting money into it and selling it to yourself and stuff like that just to create this um artificial inflation. yeah demand for it yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit of a mad world with the whole thing, and uh, yeah, but I, I just think I just think that it. they shouldn't be uh, like advertising this to kids who don't have a clue, and it's like oh crypto and like investing money in that when they haven't a clue what it's about, and like it's just wrong. I don't think they should be doing it, and to making it out to be some spectacular, uh, amazing thing is like no, it's just another betting way of like investing money to try and make money like stocks yeah uh, that was just what i I wanted to mention anyways i just think yeah i think the whole thing with nfts is ridiculous anyways but do you have one no (laughs) we should make one maybe for our um 
our logo. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know how we come around to do this. I have. I don't care about NFTs and crypto money unless i have to when use get, it then then i will have to get into it but i when you really when you get all that money that. though you'll definitely uh <laughs> what money i can guarantee you that there is like a hundred million people like us thinking like oh i should get into crypto and Once be so rich we, like, just, and they get, just, we make the nft we go viral from like outrageous moment then we sell it make profit that's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how we that's how we go about it Okay, let's go for it. Let's <laughs> okay. let's do our own. You don't seem sure. Anyway. I just think it's dumb. Okay. <laughs> it is pretty dumb, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, but I'm just playing the game. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so uh, tell us about your new story, anyways. Yes. Um, with this. So as I mentioned, we you've already gone through the whole Elizabeth Holmes story and her company Terranos. Well, I haven't gone uh, into it hugely in depth, but like I think people yeah, do. Yeah, but know. you mentioned it. Um. Yeah, she was a startup uh basically a grifter then her company crashed and yeah she promised a lot of things that weren't possible i think i've mentioned this a billion times on this podcast anyways go ahead (laughs) yeah favorite person to hate um so it was all as you said it was all a big lie uh it was a fake promise or better and faster diagnosis um to be offered to people so as bad as her manipulations and lies were, the idea of better and faster and more accurate diagnosis of diseases, especially like cancer, is a noble quest that yet to be completed. I think we can all agree on this. And a scientist, uh, Jun Wang, at Peking University in Beijing, together with his team, actually brought us one step closer to completing this quest. He and his colleagues discovered a new way to detect lung cancer, by checking people's blood for unusual level of nine different lipids, which are fatty molecules that are present uh, in usual amounts in tumor. So just to give a little a short background on the lung cancer, um, it has a 63% survival rate, rate if it is caught early and it hasn't spread or metastasized to other parts of the body. However, once metastasized, the survival rate drops to 7%. So it's really... Um, yeah, it's really bad for the lack of any other words at the moment. Yeah. Um, so they, what they did is they tested the blood of 1,036 people over the age of 40 who didn't have any symptoms of cancer and were going for annual phys- physical examination. The test was over 90% accurate at detecting those with lung cancer as determined by CT scan, a computer tomography scan of each participant's chest. And the 13 individuals who were found to have lung cancer, mostly early stage, were treated by by surgically removing their cancer. Um, So that's what I wanted to cover, that uh, we are possibly at um, at the edge of discovering or validating an assay that would be of huge benefit um, to people who are in danger of developing the lung cancer based on the genetics and metabolomic studies. So is it basically, is it pe- for people who have cancer this would be useful for, or is it like... Rather for people who might be at risk of developing cancer. So you, you also... So, so you it, wouldn't be used, it wouldn't be useful like for general population screening. It's only for like... I think maybe down the line, but you know with every new test being developed it's probably gonna be applied first for people who uh 
uh, are already known to be in danger of developing lung cancer. So as they highlighted, the people with the fam family history and uh, people, you know, like heavy smokers. Because these, like I can, mm -hmm. from the top of my head, I can think that these are the two uh, risk groups for developing cancer and being able to detect it quite quickly based on the blood sample taken is kind of non-invasive non um, non form of uh, sample acquisition. Um, I think it would be hugely beneficial because right now I think it's all based on the, yeah, on the co computer tomography tests and that's just, yeah, it's time consuming, I would, I would assume and requires an appropriate equipment and, uh, you know, you can't, I don't think you can do like large amounts of people uh, just lining up for the CT scans one yeah. after the other. But like, um, so this is just to diagnose the small, was it small yeah. cell, small, was it yeah. called? what's it called? Small cell. It was called non-small non cell lung cancer. Okay. And it's, it's just a sign that they have, it's not for metastasizing or anything like that. No, so it's 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 most it's to it's to detect early stages of the cancer development. So you you assume if it's okay. early stages, can it cancer is not big enough or hasn't hasn't uh, hasn't been able to metastasize yet in its early stages. So that's why you know like a surgical intervention is possible because I would imagine that you're not cutting out a big chunk of your lung, but just a, f a fragment that that your body can deal with. Yeah, as long as um. I think in Ireland, anyways, it's the leading cause of cancer death. It's very, um, it causes the most number of deaths because of cancer. So I think be able to detect it earlier would definitely, hopefully bring that down. Um, but the other thing I said, like, so if you detect that they have an early, they're more, they're likely to develop, like, do you have to treat them or I just, yeah, I think, but what kind I of treatment you would you use? I think if you detect it in the early stages, that that's that's the time to intervene. Well, that's why on the base of base on this study, they were able to identify thirteen individuals who had the to had been mm -hmm. in which cancer has been developing. It was still in early stages, so that's uh, that's where they were available for surgical treatment. For, so they have to go for surgery. Yeah, well, they uh, they were treated. Mm. They already were. These patients were already treated. The the cancer was detected using this new uh, um, lipid profile, and uh, once identified, the 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 team of physicians was able to treat them via surgery. Yeah, it's a, it's a very extreme measure to um, have to go under treat to go undergo treatment. Like you'd would want it definitely to be really specific for well, lung cancer well i'm sure they you know just for the context of the short story i said that, it, that they used the test to identify the starting in individuals but they were like obviously confirmatory there was an extra test done to to confirm that diagnosis it i don't think it was just like yeah right yeah, true. these 13 guys were identified off you go to the yeah. surgery yeah and the other thing because you know there's the thing is um survival bias with these tests do you know what survival bias? No. So basically, it's like with these new diagnostic tests. So just say this test, I was able to uh, detect the cancer early compared to like normal screening methods. Uh, and then if you look like the their 
the length of time they stay alive so like their length like yeah their survival time after mm-hmm. diagnosis it looks like they've survived longer because their diagnosis was earlier but when you actually look into it you'll be like okay but they actually haven't survived any longer than uh, they've survived longer but their death is the same as if it had only been traditionally screened so you would just hope that the the if they were able to detect it earlier that it would prove to be able to be treated earlier and then their um life outcome would increase compared to like normal methods that was always the thing i had felt with tyrannos because she used to always say i don't want someone to die early than earlier than they have to and like yeah but just because you can detect it earlier doesn't mean they're going to live longer they could still live equally as long as if they had done the normal method it's just really i suppose it has to go hand in hand with like good treatment options that would yeah there's no point if you're just able to diagnose something earlier if you don't take any steps to treat it well if if the steps treated it doesn't really do anything different uh to what it would be if it was just a bit later like if it just ends up coming back again or you don't really fully resolve the issue but would you imagine it's easier to remove an early stage cancer rather than dealing with the with a larger uh larger mass yeah it would it should be but I'm just saying that that's something that it it can seem amazing at the beginning, but when you look over time, maybe it wasn't that beneficial and in the end. So mm. that's uh that's why I always say when you see these new these stories about like new tests to deve- that can detect X, Y, and Z earlier, we were like you should really be able to look over time and see actually does it really help them in the long term in staying alive. Um, well, I, I I hope that that surgery think, went successfully for these yeah. thirteen people, and they will have a cancer-free life yeah. from them on. And if any of them were smoking, I hope it was a it was a good scare <laughs> yeah. to stop smoking. But I do think with because lung cancer is so deadly, I definitely think that's we do need to have tests like this. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, and it's more more realistic, right? You have a you have a test that detects one condition rather than ha- claiming that you take a drop of blood and you're able to yeah. m- run multiple different tests and profiles and such. Yeah. And like it just sounds more reasonable. To all these cancers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so that I thought that was interesting. Um, there, was a, there was also, I came across in a new variant of HIV being detected in the Netherlands, but I, uh, I will leave it for the next time. <laughs> <laughs> new variants and other diseases <laughs> more more virulent uh, variant of hiv oh god uh, identified three days ago well the news came out three days ago yeah. in the it was identified in the netherlands but you know what for the I, sake of sorry what were you just want to finish i just want to say that for the sake of the of the time i decided to yeah. maybe cover it at some other point yeah i'll just briefly actually mention i just seen it before we started recording about you know how with the new omicron and how it's like less deadly Yes. In most places, well, if you actually look in the US, it's actually proven to be more deadly than Delta. That the death rate, I think daily death rate is actually being, the record daily death rate is over actually beaten the daily, daily death rate from Delta. Um, and yeah, so it just shows that, uh, it's hard to know, there's a lot of factors going on, I'd say, for this, but I'd say definitely... Because there are not enough people are boosted. I think they had like, oh, definitely under sixty percent of is boosted. Not enough people are vaccinated. Their healthcare system's a mess. 
Um, and it's funny because the country that's so dependent on uh, a vaccinated policy to get out of the pandemic seems to be not getting enough people vaccinated to defeat it. Seems, seems so, very resistant, yes. It just shows that now when we everyone was saying, oh, Omicron's less, less deadly, it's not, I think it's more to say because we, in other countries, they have a good vaccination program. A lot of people mm-hmm. have got the got infected as well. I think a lot of these factors have helped reduce the the mm-hmm. the deadliness or the um the threat. The, the threat, yeah. Whereas you can see with other countries, if you don't have these, then it actually doesn't benefit. So, just so do you think it's a, a do you think that a, a proportion of this is definitely linked with the vaccination rate? If not the major well, I think impact. It, yeah, I think the vaccination rate, and then I think that's one one aspect. To be fair, I think think um, people just like the most vulnerable of society, like they have an obesity problem anyway. So I think that yeah. doesn't help, and I think uh, you're not able to get the time off if you're infected to really recover. You don't get sick pay to take off if so you're just more likely to try and work through it it's just yeah so many factors layers upon layers but in the, in the crisis like this you can really identify these holes right i know and, yeah and yeah. And it's in the, any given system and it's just crazy because like i watched bill maher and he was like we need to get out of this we need to like it's not deadly among it's only deadly among older people uh, every young people are fine. It's okay. We need to get open everything up again. I'm like, but like nine hundred thousand people, nearly a million people have died of it, and they're just like, yeah, who cares? I want to go back just to in normal. States. Yeah, in the states, yeah, yeah. Um, like they're the one of the worst countries for it, and and it's just like this whole thing. They're like, oh, older, only older people are immunocompromised or affected. And I was like, yeah, but like in isolation, it looks like okay we can just cocoon them or keep them away, which I don't think you agree with anyways. But like we've seen, you can't, they interact with other people all the time, like younger people in care homes. If they live alone, they have to have carers come in. Like there's no way of keeping them separate from other people. Like we've seen this or consistently throughout. And it's like, yeah, people don't seem to get that at all. So yeah, it yeah just, it's funny how, well, it's not funny, but we can definitely see how a science is being interpreted through the glass of politic political science. Yeah, you know, yeah. and certain result, certain scientific interpretation are more aligned with one or the other political identity, and I think that's um, that's never a good good way to to discuss because then just by aligning yourself with one or the other political ideology you're gonna refuse or accept this the science of it like you know and i I, I just hate this whole gotcha like oh when when something changes and people have to re like re reissue guidelines or reissue guidance they're like aha gotcha you 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 were you you were just making this up all along you did yeah you didn't believe it i've I've got you lying now and like no things have changed people have to update their the guidelines update their what's true and not like this is yeah I just yeah. yeah it's not like a religious dogma that can stay unchanged for yeah. thousands of things years change people yeah. have to that's what, like, what science is about you things change to update to what is correct and like what yeah all, it's just like updating your uh windows you know you have <laughs> yeah. to do it otherwise it's just not gonna work properly yeah. 
Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> just, uh, that's just uh, my two cents. We're, yeah, about the whole <laughs> thing. Um, okay, yeah, thanks for that. Anyways, that was, that was great. Uh, no problem. Perfect. And so, yeah, I'll just go into then the main story I wanted to talk about today. Um, it's the biggest gossip online right now. I'm sure you've heard about it <laughs> in the science world. Um, yeah, so I I use the British Medical Journal actually a lot as a, uh, as a source for my info for these podcasts. I think it's a really good resource. They do have really nice articles. And it's a credible source as well. Like I know when they say something, they've put the work into researching it. I know that it's not... Um, like they're claiming stuff that doesn't seem to be correct. Like everything seems to be factually checked or, or as well. Mm-hmm. But they had a, a fight or a disagreement with Facebook. And uh, yeah, there was a bit of a fallout between the two. And yeah, I just wanted to kind of give a discussion and see what you think. Okay. Uh, but I actually don't know much about it. Yeah, I know. I'm jo- I was joking. I don't think anyone... Yeah. <laughs> knows about <laughs> only the real <laughs> science nerds like maybe me um <laughs> yeah so um yeah so the british medical journal it's locked horns with facebook and the gatekeepers of international fact checking after one of its investigations was wrongly labeled with missing context and censored on this the world's largest social network so i wanted to dig deeper into the story and see what happened and what it means for other science stories being discussed on social media network sites in the future. We've all seen a lot of these, uh, like, uh, uh, sorry, va- skeptical vaccine skeptic or uh, misinformation going on on social media, especially mm-hmm. since the beginning of the pandemic. So I suppose everyone was complaining about Facebook not doing enough to stop this. So it's yeah. almost like what's happened now have the completely shut down any dis- discussion about the whole topic. So uh, so how this began was on the 2nd of November, the, the BMJ, the British Medical Journal, they published an article titled COVID-19 Researcher Blows the Whistle on Data Integrity Issues in the Pfizer Vaccine Trial. So it was an investigative article detailing problems that occurred during Pfizer's vaccine testing at several sites overseen mm-hmm. by Ventavia Research Group in Texas in autumn 2020. So the whistleblower, her name was Brooks Jackson, and she detailed how supposedly the company falsified data, unblighted patients and employed inadequately trade vaccinators and was slow to follow up on adverse events reported in the Pfizer's phase three trial. Staff were supposedly overwhelmed by the volume of problems they were finding and um, when they were doing investigating into it, like I'm not going to go into detail about the whole article because it was just their worries about the trial. And I think now we've seen the vaccine has worked and I, I don't think there's any legitimate issues. I suppose maybe when they were carrying out the trial, this is what she was worried yeah, about. But even you did identify yeah. some mis- well mistakes. Yeah, mistakes while the trials were being carried yeah. out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so anyways, she basically called the FDA to warn against unsound practices in Pfizer's clinical trial at Ventavia and follow up by a follow using an, an email uh, and then that afternoon she was fired by Ventavia they said they didn't agree she didn't fit the company or whatever but it was obviously because she was a whistleblower so the problem she detailed included participants placed in a hallway after injection and not being monitored by clinical staff 
lack of timely follow-up of patients who experience adverse events, protocol deviations not being reported, vaccines not being stored at proper temperatures, mislabeled lab samples, targeting mm. of Ventavia staff for reporting any type of these problems. So it was just like, it seemed like there was a lot of problems going on. They weren't able to deal with it. It just seemed like staff issues and stuff like that. Chaotic. Yeah, it sounds very chaotic. So the FDA, they thanked her, but they never followed up on any of the details or an inspection was never carried out in the end. So this was in autumn 2020 and then Pfizer submitted their documents to the FDA Advisory Committee uh, to discuss emergency use authorization. Uh, this happened in early December of 2020 and yeah, there was no mention of the issues seen on site. And then in August of 2021, the FDA published a summary of its inspections of the company's pivotal trial and it showed that only nine out of the 153 trial sites were inspected and none of them were at this Ventavia oh, wow. site. Okay. So, I suppose... Uh, uh, <laughs> Very, it doesn't look good for Pfizer. No, and it and anyone who is very um, a skeptic or like wary would definitely this wouldn't help. Anyways, that that feel vindicated. It would seem like there's a something a ploy going on behind the scenes to like just hold or like um, stop stop information being disclosed or like just. Uh, uh, dis- discarding info or like not not telling the public the whole true truth yeah. about the whole situation okay so how did facebook come into this so on november 3rd a retired dentist just posted a link to this inf- investigation into a private facebook group and then after a week he woke up to this a message from facebook who added a notice to say independent fact checkers reviewed the info in his posts saying there was missing context in it and he had po- he had posted partly false info to the group. There was also reports it was unable to sh- he- people were unable to share it, or that people who repeatedly shared it were being flagged for sharing false information, and that their posts were going to be moved lower in in people's feeds. So if they made a okay. post, it was going to come automatically. But again, what did what did he share? What did this dentist shared? This was this article that I just mentioned there. So this, okay. the BMJ did this investigative article. This okay, guy posted right, right. It on Facebook, they're flagging it as false information or missing okay. context. Okay. Um, when trying to investigate why the article was being flagged, uh, readers were directed to this fact check performed by Lead Stories. This is the name of the company that does this, does this mm-hmm. independent fact checking. Um, it's one of 10 companies contracted by Facebook in the US whose tagline is debunking fake news as it happens. Um. An analysis last year has showed that Lead Stories was responsible for nearly half of all Facebook fact checks. So Facebook doesn't really do it internally anymore because I suppose it had this such a massive issue yeah. with, I suppose, Trump and all before this leading to the election. So they're like, okay, we're going to have to... Um, so they outsource it. Outsource to, it, yeah. To, to, to someone that is designed to do it. Exactly. To the company yeah. that is designed to do it. Okay. Yeah. So the lead stories article, they said that none of the flaws identified by the BMJ's whistleblower would disqualify the data collection from the main Pfizer vaccine trial. Quoting a Pfizer spokesperson, it said that the drug company had reviewed Jackson's concerns and taken actions to correct and remediate 
where necessary and did not identify any issues or concerns that would invalidate any issues, sorry, that would invalidate the data or jeopardize the integrity of the study. Lead stories also said that Jackson did not express unreserved support for COVID vaccines and had only worked at the trial site for only two weeks. So they were kind of almost trying to discredit her a little bit and saying yeah. that did, she didn't know what they'd done and we had taken steps since then to yeah. investigate. And she only has been around for a short time. Uh, so even though lead stories failed to identify any er- any errors in the article, it carried the title fact check the British Medical Journal did not reveal disqualifying and ignored reports of flaws in Pfizer COVID-19 trials. So they were claiming that um, it claimed that there was, even though the, the whistleblower had shown there was errors that didn't actually, it wasn't disqualifying and it didn't actually impact on the trial right. at all. So in the short, in the just to simplify, it seems like they want to paint the picture that she made a big deal out of something that wasn't really yeah. that big of a deal. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Okay. The BMJ contact le- contacted Lead Stories asking it to remove its article it declined replying in the Facebook system. We flagged the article missing contact, sorry, missing context, which is the lowest possible flagging category. Uh, and the guy said, It's my understanding Facebook enforcement doesn't throttle back distribution or traffic based on a missing context rating. I may be wrong, but I believe the result is just a flag on the content. So he was like, Again, it's not that big of a deal, <laughs> even though they're completely discrediting their article. Yeah. Uh, like, no, it's not that big of a deal. It's not going to affect it being seen. But they it also, obviously has been affected. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they also added, we did not call into question the integrity of the BMJ story, only the comprehensive of comprehensiveness of it, which is really insulting, I think, to this. Yeah, they like, just well- said that they didn't do well enough job. Yeah, yeah. That's what they're saying, like. Um, yeah, so that's the that's the point of a missing context rating. We couldn't agree more with you. The public should be concerned, provided they have all the context, which is what we attempted to point out and in a small way provide as a supplement to the BMJ's report. Um, so the BMJ in turn said it had based the article on dozens of original documents provided by the experienced clinical trial auditor turned whistleblower and was confident in the authenticity of her ev- evidence. They asked Ventavia for more info about the problems, but they have never responded, while Pfizer has just given generic statements in response to say they had rectified the issues and it was an ongoing matter. So the BMJ really wasn't getting any answers about what was going on, mm-hmm. why is my thing article saying being flagged, we've done a comprehensive investigation. So they, the BMJ is saying like, look, we did all of the work, we got all the data and like the things check out. Yeah. And then the company that works on behalf of Facebook is saying like, well, you actually didn't have the comprehensive overview. Exactly. So it's like, there's like complete lack of communication because they're saying something and they just, they just bluntly say, no, you didn't. They don't yeah. give any, any reason for it. Okay. Yeah. So. Lead Stories then said that the missing context label was created by Facebook specifically to deal with contract, sorry, with content that could mislead without additional context, which was otherwise true or real. They added that the article was being widely shared and commented on by anti-vaccine activists on Facebook and said if the BMJ had any issue with the messaging, that they should take it up with them as they were unable to change any of it. 
So they were worried that it was being shared by this anti-vaccine community uh, and giving credence to a lot of what they were saying. Um, but isn't it, sorry to interrupt you, don't lose your train of thought, but isn't it Facebook problem for allowing anti-vaxxers groups or societies to be present on Facebook in the first place? Yeah, but that's, you can't ban them, can you? Like, that's, well, obviously, that's ob- against the Apparently term. you can ban articles from BMG, so a British Medical Journal. So why can you do that for the uh, groups that uh, the whole purpose is to kind of over-exaggerate the ineffectiveness you of You can't vaccine. stop the speech, though. That's free speech, and that should be allowed on the internet. No, Facebook can. I know, but the they, co- I, I don't th- companies I think that's can diff- do that. No, but I do think it's... I do think it's different to block these groups who have the right of first free speech compared to like flagging content that they're sharing on the website. I do think that should be allowed, but I don't know. Can they really, I don't think it's as much as I hate these anti-vaccine groups. I don't, I don't think they, if they ban, if they block them, they're just going to start some set up somewhere else or go somewhere else. It's very hard. It's like, you you block one hole and then they pop up somewhere else. So no, that's true. Yeah, okay. Keep 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 going with your yeah with your so, story. But it do, I think at the end it does indicate that there's an inherent conflict of interest in Facebook using third party organizations to check to fact check content, as it is facing a credibility crisis. And any company that it hires to help them out, there's always an inherent pressure. To come up with problems and then appear to solve them on, in order to get paid so they're all be like we have a, a misinformation problem can you solve it and they're like oh yeah we're just gonna flag content and do this that's how we're yeah. gonna solve it the processes by which facebook decides which content to send for fact checking and the contractor's system for deciding which pieces that review were not transparent or consistent enough it's not really transparent at all they don't really reveal what gets sent and why it gets sent. They just say this is going to be flagged or or get checked. Um, and a supposedly objective fact checked in reality was subject to individual reviewer opinion. Like, as you said, they, they're both disagreeing on what they think is uh, comprehensive. Yeah. He's just saying, I don't agree with it, so I'm going to flag it. Uh, but yeah, they're subject to maybe a bias they're not being independent enough, I suppose, when they're doing this fact check. Yeah. Um, Facebook are now known as Meta directed the BMJ to its advice page, which said that publishers can appeal a rating directly with the relevant fact checking organization within a week of being notified it. They confirmed that fact checkers are responsible for reviewing content, applying ratings independent of Meta. So this is again, conflicting what, what they had said. They said, they don't decide it's Facebook. You have to raise it with them. And then Facebook's came back and said, oh, no, we don't decide. It's independent of us who gets flagged yeah. or not. Um, we just get instructions that this is a misinformation and yeah. it is flagged and they just flag. Yeah, okay. So this, what it means is that if the fact-checking organization declines to change a rating after an appeal, the publisher has little recourse. They can't really do anything because Facebook won't step in because it's an independent process to them so it's kind of really like you're stuck with what yeah, you can it's kind do. of they just washing ha- hands away right it's just like look yeah. we have nothing to do with this they are responsible for this and we are just a platform yeah so the lack of, the lack of an independent appeals process raises concerns given that fact-checking organizations have been accused of bias 
although it is better than the alternative of just taking down articles if they just think it's misinformation i suppose it is better to just flag it if they wanted to um it is kind of worrying to see the effect it can have on legitimate sources um and then for like this is then it was like so this was like in november i think this was happening all over from november december then lead stories uh they tried to start to discredit jackson the whistleblower more Mm-hmm. They said that she was not a lab-quoted scientist and then her qualifications amounted to a 30-hour certificating, sorry, 30-hour certification in auditing techniques. Even though the BMJ ha- thought she was a legitimate source and they said that she had more than 15 years experience in clinical research coordination and management. Uh, and they also criticized the BMJ for not including Jackson's publicly expressed views of COVID vaccines and pointed to tweets that she had sent um, where she had criticized an episode of the children's TV show Sesame Street in which Big Bird gets a COVID vaccine. Uh, and when she had another tweet that said she expressed support for a US court ruling against making vaccination mandatory for federal employees. Uh, and these actually were tweeted after the investigation. So again, I'm like... Why? Why? Um, what had that got to do with anything? Like, really, it's like it's completely independent of the article. Yeah, I suppose um, they're just trying to the, discredit her. But then again, her. does this show, again? It shows bias in lead stories when they were reviewing the article because they were obviously looking up who she was, what what was her background, what was her history of tweets or whatever when they yeah. <laughs> did the fact checking. This yeah. kind of it looks like an attempt of character assassination. Yeah, yeah, and they even like uh, I think they criticized her when her the article was being shared by I think these um, children organizations that are like anti-vaccination. They were like, "Are you happy now that your article is being shared among these groups?" And like, <laughs> what? What? Like, obviously they don't aren't happy, but like this is journalism uh, yeah. as it is. Um. But yeah, the so blog- just to recap, so uh, this whistleblower, so now stories being spent that she has anti-vax tendencies, and yeah. the thing she wrote about Pfizer not adhering to certain clinical trial protocols are a result of her own biases against yeah. vaccines, and yeah. this is the this is the side of the of the uh, fact-checking lead stories. And then you have a BMJ on the other side that they are sure that she, her credentials are um, all right. Yeah. And that she did good, that she did good job in bringing this to the, to the surface. And BMJ is just putting it out. What has, what has happened in the Pfizer? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so who's right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the broader issue as at hand is that companies like Facebook and some of the traditional media establishments establishments are reasonably concerned about vaccine misinformation, but have now swung so far in the opposite direction as to potentially shut down legitimate questions about major corporations like Pfizer. And we know that the medical industry has a history of suppressing certain infos and citizens that need to be able to question it, like this is working out perfect for these companies because it's shutting down, I suppose, any kind of discussion about their trials or their drugs or stuff like that because it's like, oh, well, this could be misinformation. So the BMJ, it plans to appeal to Facebook 
oversight board, an independent panel of 20 people from around the world that can decide whether Facebook should allow or remove specific content. Um, mm. And it, this comp- this oversight board, <clears throat> it only reviews only a small number of emblematic cases, including upholding a decision to ban Trump from posting on Facebook and Instagram after storming the Capitol. Um, so yeah, this is what their plan of action is to see if they can get this flag removed. So the final point really is, I'll, I'll actually just quote what the BMJ editor-in-chief mm-hmm. said. He said, we should all be very worried that Facebook, a multi-billion dollar company, is effectively censoring fully fact-checked journalism that is raising legitimate concerns about the conduct of trials. Facebook's action won't stop the BMJ doing what is right, but the real question is, why is Facebook acting in this way? What is driving its worldviews? Is it ideology? Is it commercial interests is a incompetence uh, and users should be worried that despite presenting itself as a neutral social media platform facebook is trying to control how people think under the guise of fact checking so yeah that was uh that was my uh just my report on the whole yeah. issue so what do you think what 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 way do you look at it is it uh is it is it ideology? Is it commercial interest? Is it doing its right job right? Ha, ha, can it do? Can is it in a bind? Can it do its job pre- correctly? Because there's so much of this information. I I um, see. I don't think it's for me. It's hard to think that Facebook has an ideology. I think they're more driven by how much money can they make. Yeah. Um. And there is. I think there is a degree of incompetency as well within facebook um what's worrying is that the bmj doesn't really have that much room to do something you know yeah that's that's true like i think they can't they can only go back and be like we don't agree can we appeal and they're like no we've made our decision that's final and they're like but then then it's there forever yeah and like what's yeah go on and yeah they've done this fact they've done a comprehensive investigation you would assume they've done a like i always think like they are a pretty good resource and a source yeah. and i think that any article they would publish it's not going to be because they haven't got enough um they haven't got the documents or they haven't got enough evidence to promote what they're saying in the article i i would generally think they have the evidence there um, and the, so I and just think also, it's a bit. I think it's just a bit unfair to say, "Oh, you haven't done enough job." But like, they are like, w- what more can they do? Like, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, th- um, publishing houses like the PMJ and Lancet, Science and Nature, I think they, um, v- very reputable for what they are. And if 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 they identify that something is wrong they would be happy to retract their articles yeah. officially. So there is there is a certain degree of self-governancy within these um, publishing houses. What's more, I think Facebook also received a lot of heat for allowing the initial spread of the misinformation on their platforms. Yeah. And I think now they might just be, you know, afraid or, or scared for even chancing posting something that goes against the the vaccines or uh, not even but why why do you think that is 
well, because they got cared for the backlash they've received after, you know, uh, it but turned what, to... But obviously that's because of the users and money. I think if it was proven that it was more valuable, I don't know if they would really care that much. That's the way, like when it was making money for them with all misinformation about everything up to the election and in the US election anyways, they didn't really yeah. care. So obviously nobody really knows how Mark Zuckerberg's brain works in these situations, well, but it's, it's all about really money, I think. You think it's all money? I think it's whatever is monetar- monetarily more uh, valuable for them. So obviously they're like, if they're letting this spread, then it looks bad because they're going to get lose more uh, s- uh, sponsors or advertisers because of it. So they're like, okay, we need to do because something. Because of the vaccine, because of highlighting how... This, this, letting this misinformation spread on the site. They were, And now they're like, okay, well we're not going to put advertisers because you're letting this happen. So they're like, okay, well, we need to do something about it. I think it's a good thing that they do have an independent fact-checking source, even for, like, The Nature or BMJ or whatever. I just think that they they didn't... They never found any errors in the article. Yeah. They just were... Like, that's the thing that's really confusing to me as well. They don't find any errors. They're just like... But Pfizer said it's not a big issue. We don't think it's a big issue that's going to affect it, so... <laughs> we're just gonna say like flag it as as missing information but like they didn't miss any information there was no errors they're just like they just basically still wanted to spread along the side from this vaccine information i think it's just a way of i don't know a lazy way of like trying to stop or just trying to say oh look, we've done something to stop this spreading um no that's uh, that's too that's too silly because, like, okay, as what, you said, there is nothing. Is? is Pfizer lobbying Facebook and lead stories? I don't I know. Mean, that That's would, a good because uh, I don't understand how they would lose money by posting the BMJ article. I don't think it's losing article. It's just allowing. I think they're trying to like get on top of this misinformation, and I think. Uh, if it's being spread enough, they're like, okay, Facebook, I don't know, whoever's on top of Zuckerberg, but like, I'm this is articles uh, spreading could cause helping this mi- misinformation a dialogue. We need to do something about it. Put this. So you mis- think that like the anti-vax communities can use that article to, yeah, somehow v- validate their point of view on okay, and Facebook is just like, it's not worth it. That's why we flagging it yeah. as yeah but then but that's great but but then they lying about something that is true is that is that correct understanding they're not lying who facebook yeah they put they're not like, lying i think they're just covering their own asses like really i i think um but like anyways but they, I, but they made the labeling truth as misinformation I don't think it, they say misinformation. There's like missing context. That's what they say. Yeah, but isn't it just like all legally drafted words to yeah, convey the same yeah, message that we that that we are talking? Basically, misinformation. Yeah, yeah. I think the whole disagreement is they don't think it's authentic. Lead stories on Facebook. BMJ says authentic. Their their decision is final. They can decide. And they're not going to change their mind about it. Yeah, but it. You, you can't just say that something is not authentic 
and and for the reason just give it like, or it's not comprehensive enough like what does like you like they have that there's no reasons there's no like what's their what's the rhetoric like what is I think it's more I said it, I think it's money I do think it's monetary and I think it's covering. So there is a nefarious context to it. Yeah, I do think um but like it is I do think it is difficult. Like I don't I do, I know I feel so I don't feel sorry for Facebook or anything but like there's so much out there. Like you see we we've seen this on Joe Rogan when he has these guests on like all this misinformation like it's so difficult right now in for to be a social to to overcome to stay on top of it um and I suppose this is one of their ways of trying to overcome this but it's kind of like the the line is being blurred now between like legitimate sources they get to decide who is a legitimate source and it's kind of like that's the scary part that they are think- deci- they can they can decide like so when down the line who knows where where they're going to fall on issues um so i suppose and- the greater question is whether facebook can be seen as a platform that legitimate information can be obtained they got criticized for like not doing enough about misinformation but then they they also have to crack down but then you're blocking free speech uh, and you're going to end up caught like falling on the wrong side of some legitimate sources. Yeah, I still don't, don't agree with that. I don't think it's a matter of a free sp- because they are a private company. They they can, they decide, can decide what is being said or not. Be- it's not like a, a governmental issue where you have all this freedom of speech and constitutional protection and stuff like that. This is this is more of a private company, and at the end of the day, they they are in decision making what like what is and what cannot being said on their platform so i don't think you can yeah. maybe i'm just not understanding freedom of speech but i don't think you can invoke that mm. in talking so what about would you would you have what would you have done differently and would you have any idea what you would have done differently i mean yeah like to me it's very simple like if you if if in in any way and shape you perceive a facebook as a source of legitimate information you're wrong and <laughs> That's it. Like I don't understand like, why the, the, people I don't would think want Facebook, to. Facebook. It's the more that what's being shared on that platform, like the news articles or the sources. Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna pull out a beautifully cooked chicken from a cesspool, like you know, it's just not gonna happen. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's there's not a question of how to fix Facebook. The question is like, don't take your information from Facebook, no matter at all. Hmm. It's Facebook. I don't think it was never supposed to be a a news orientated platform. Like, yeah, but okay, it's, well, okay, okay. Not Facebook. What about Twitter? Because you, a lot of people use Twitter as a source. Of, yeah. Like to get information, like how? Like see, for me, said, it's very easy to say where I get my information, right? Because I like, I I work at the university. I. Um, I yeah. talk to like pro- pro- professors and doctors and most most of the things that I learn from is coming from like peer-reviewed studies and and most of the times I'm being forced to kind of make my mind about something and this is like especially reinforced like when you're forced to interpret your own results. So it's very easy for me to say like, oh, I take my information yeah, from yeah. PubMed and stuff like that. Yeah. Like obviously this is not accessible for, although science is accessible to everyone not everyone has the toolbox to you know to to understand it unfortunately 
Um, but they are, I think they are like scientific blogs or news blogs or like independent platforms that might be more trustworthy rather than these huge corporations. Because again, I don't think Twitter is a place f to share and gain knowledge. It's, it's okay. again, just a cesspool of opinions. Okay. And, you know, everyone has its own opinion and that's what it is. So I really think if I, do, I really think that if you if you want to claim that you have the right information or the accurate information, like it requires on your behalf to do just this a little bit extra of of work and finding out where God, I, I sound so stupid when I hear myself, but like you do have to put in the work of where do you get your information from? I know it's an ideal world, but that's not going to happen. It's not. And um, I think this is just, I know, obviously you'd be like, don't get your info on Facebook or Twitter, but like mil yeah. millions of people do. So I think that's just like not enough, good enough argument to say. Yeah, but like nature has this uh, science communicators, Lancet has, and the, yeah, and the right dish, BM, uh, BMJ have these, they have these science communicators they, and they write blogs and uh, and you can like and it's written in the accessible way there is this page called uh, daily science and they take they, they take big big scientific articles and they just write little summaries that are accessible i know okay yeah but like like so obviously i know but as i said okay. it requires work to but put like in. for us it seems that seems issue but like i know the normal person on the street isn't going to do that no, I know, and and you can't. I think, but like, so obviously, you want to tell them to do that, but they're not, and they're just going to go on their newsfeed on Facebook. They're going to see. They're going to be join a group, get recommended to join a group that's like conforms to what their beliefs in, and then this is how. Yeah, they but go this down is that the same thing hole. on Reddit. Like, I joined loads of groups that reinforce my point of view, and it's like it's great. I have a great fun out of it. It's it's a sort of a eco chamber as well. I just don't but think like, that know, solves the problem that they're seeing now. And I don't think... Um, I think Facebook should be... I can't... <sighs> banned. Should they, should they be broken down? No, I don't think... It's not going to solve it, the issue, really. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You shouldn't really use your Facebook as a source of information. You should try it from really a way better sources. But, like, when there is sources being shared and... It, on it i suppose it's just it's just the way that now that facebook's deciding what's legitimate and what's not legitimate it's going to flag stuff um yeah, but I I think it's just it's just it's just i i think like i kind of feel like yeah it's tough now but i just it's kind of it's kind of scary maybe interesting what how what's going to happen like in the next election for the u.s <laughs> like how is it going to deal with like it's obviously going to take a, a, a side of being more left wing or liberal or democrat the democratic uh and then but what's to say like some legitimate concerns are just going to be flagged yeah i don't know much about it's, political it, science. i know i'm just saying or like okay. a, something else down the line i saw i don't know another development in science i don't know it just it's it's just interesting and i i i don't know what the proper answer is either um because I do think they need. I just think I do think their their fact checkers need to be more independent, more unbiased. They're definitely coming in with like in this situation. They definitely came in with a preconserved notion of like, okay, 
this is being shared by on these on these unvaccinated groups or skeptical groups we need to find a way of trying to uh describe they already knew what they wanted to come out of it and they and like even though they never found any errors they still flagged it as that so i think this this is i do think they need to have better fact checkers there needs to be a better appeal system that is reviewed and they can actually discuss through it and to get it taken off or what what the story is uh and i think them two steps are definitely necessary in the future especially for like legitimate and i think for like a legitimate source like bmj they should be able to like do that like what like what about i know what other company other sources maybe where they're more skeptical i'd be like okay maybe they don't deserve a fair tr- like appeal process or whatever but i do think when they can like if you think about it logically and it's a legitimate source like that they should be able to r- arrange a, a, tr- a proper appeal process for I think, them I, I think you haven't you given us very good points and i think you've given us points that or suggestions that are meant to improve the current system we have and i uh and i just think that having a having an institution of fact checkers on facebook creates this perception that it is a valuable source of information (laughs) where it's it's not and it never will be and that's facebook was created so you can say how you feel today and who you're going out with and that's where it should start and end it and it is and i I think any notion of credibility should be taken away from these organizations because they're not and we they are free to you or so far they've been free to use and of course there are like reputable people putting things out there as well as not so reputable organization putting things out there but have yeah having something like a fact checker just gives a notion that there is some credibility but as i said it's a cesspool and you never will pull out anything eatable out of the cesspool so that's that's where i stand and i will and and also what i i think your suggestions are meant to cater and yeah i i just think they're just they're lazy people who take information from facebook and i think they're yeah i don't know perhaps for science there is definitely better sources but like if they do all of this research as they claim to do just do research do your research on proper on proper websites on proper sources of information and i'm sure the same things exist for uh, political view political sciences for engineering for social sciences i'm sure there are better better websites that can equip you with the more cred- more legitimate and cred- credible knowledge like facebook should be for entertainment and entertainment only not for having a discussion same as twitter who is hosting a discussion on twitter you have to be out of your mind if you want to do that <sighs> Do you know what I mean? There is like, yeah. I love watching uh, this, it's this platform, it's called Intelligence Squared. And like, they have just amazing debates, inviting speakers from like different parts of the world. They talk about issues that are important, you know, like the religion, freedom of speech, uh, minorities, uh, racism in science. And you have like two, three hours debates where you can actually learn something. Like, are you telling me that I'm going to get the same quality of information on Facebook from someone's post? No, you're not. Like, Facebook is for entertainment. And it's very sad that we see that credible science is being targeted as misinformation. 
but like this is just them like trying to reclaim their credibility yeah just which is like yeah they never had the credibility to start with I get your That's, point. I'm sorry. Don't, don't, I'm sorry. You're very passionate about it. Facebook, because do not get your news from, like, your your legitimate news from Facebook. That was what I wanted to mention. I think it was a good discussion to have. I think it's something to think about, be aware of in the yeah. future if you're ever sharing these stuff. This, it's a, it's a bit for, for the BMJ. That, yeah. Because it kind of puts a like a stigma on the, on the institution of BMJ that they were flagged as not credible, mm-hmm. as but it's, spreading it's not credible similar. information. Like imagine with us, like we ha- we post this on Instagram. What if Instagram come out and say, oh, yours isn't legitimate, so we're not going to promote this, your post. I'm like, yeah, but we want to appeal it. Okay, well, they said this. So, so I just think it's kind of like scary. It's, it's, it's not, um, I, and I just don't know. Yeah, but we use Instagram. To, yeah, okay, we use it to spread the word. But yeah, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we, I I guess we would just pay more money to to take the to take uh to make us legitimate in eyes of Instagram. Pay more Did money. You not pay for advertisement. Would that not solve it? Uh. Yeah, but like I'm just yeah. I'm just but what if their poll our posts got um push down the feed of other people like that's that's the that's the thing is like and yeah they because they own instagram so i know yeah, a lot of people use instagram to get find find news find or find what's going on so that's another one that they can do so i suppose no one looks on instagram really for news per se i suppose it's just like posts that are beautiful people (laughs) posing next to the boats and cars yeah but like if you wanted to, yeah, you're trying to advertise or spread word of uh, an event or yeah, your 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 podcast or your, I don't know, show or whatever. It's kind of like th- this yeah, is but the power you, you they do wield. Also hope, you do also hope for like the word of mouth at some point. <laughs> you're so naive about it. I really think. <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I've said many times that I'm a naive person. Yeah. Okay, um, look. Uh, yeah. Anyways, look, we're, I think we're going over time anyway. Yeah. So... I just think, like, let, yeah, please let us know what you think. Has Facebook gone too far? What do you think is going to happen? Can is there a way? What what's the best way to correctly um, investigate this these flagged contents? Uh, yeah, you can email us at skeptically at gmail dot com. Reach out on uh, inst. I'm sorry. Reach out on Twitter at skeptically i and skeptically inclined on uh on instagram Instagram. as well yeah Yeah, you could you can tell us if uh if it's not coming up on your feed or whatever it'd be interesting to hear something we we said facebook when we because we are giving out about facebook now (laughs) so it'd be interesting to see um Um, meta as it's called meta yeah okay that was today's episode yeah so today tom just kind of gave us a quick overview of a new uh uh, test diagnostic test to help in the lung cancer lung cancer and then i kind of give an overview of uh the bmj versus facebook it's going to be in a bob biopic soon you heard it here first um, yeah the uh, uh holmes first with Terranos, and then right after them uh bmj <laughs> yeah. versus facebook hope these hollywood executives are listening to us um, we're pitching just great ideas yeah exactly uh yeah so that was today's episode uh, i hope you enjoy it hope you 
hope you enjoyed it and um i hope you got you thinking about <laughs> what's gonna happen in the future potentially uh yeah next week you don't know what you're going to talk about next week do you i sort of do Regen- do say? Re- regenerative medicine regenerative medicine anything yeah. oh yeah okay just in the field of regenerative yes yeah, just in the field of regenerative medicine perfect okay well enjoy your days guys and girls and uh we will catch you on the next one catch you on the next one stay skeptical bye bye